This episode is supported by Vic Health, Victoria's health promotion agency. For more information about the work of Vic Health, go to vichealth.vic.gov.au. Hi team, Dr. Sandro here. I've been getting a lot of questions from you all about masks on social media. And even though season two is coming to a close, Dewey and I decided we'd put together a quick bonus episode covering the ins, the outs, the ups, the downs, the hows and the whys on masks. We're like the John Farnham farewell tour (laughs) that never ends, really. Keep coming back for more. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so first off, why are masks being recommended? Sure. So there's good evidence now that masks do two things. Masks reduce the droplet spread. They're those tiny particles of mucus that we spit out when we talk, when we shout, and particularly when we breathe heavily and do things like singing or speak excitedly. So those little micro droplets of mucus, which are how the virus if you've got the virus spreads, they leave your mouth, they'll spend some time in the air. They can be breathed in by other people, but primarily those micro droplets will then find their way, rest on a table or a bench or a surface, and they'll stay there for anything from a couple of hours to a couple of days. And then someone else comes along, touches that surface, has the virus on their hands, touches their mouth or their nose, and then the virus spreads. And that's why it's really important that we've been doing all of the measures like washing our hands, socially distancing, not going out. What the masks do is that they dramatically reduce the chance of those droplets from leaving our mouth. You know, if you've got a covering of any sort over your mouth, it reduces the chances of those tiny pieces of mucus leaving your mouth when you breathe, anything up to 80% reduction. So we're talking a massive reduction in the risk of the virus being spread from you to someone else. There's some emerging recent evidence, though, that it actually could have additional benefits for you as the wearer as well. If you come in contact with the virus and you don't have it, but you're wearing a mask, it may reduce the amount of virus that you breathe in or that you come in contact with. Now, there's some understanding that the less amount of virus that you come in contact with in that first encounter can actually lead to less severe symptoms. So, milder Mm. symptoms, milder disease, and a better chance of getting through the virus safely and unscathed. And so why now? Because it hasn't always been the case that masks have been recommended, at least in Australia. Why has that changed? Two reasons. The first is we know more about the virus and we know that masks work based on studies that are emerging from other parts of the world. They can say categorically that they do have an important role to play. The second thing, though, is about the epidemiology here in Australia. So back in March when the virus was spreading, it was mainly people coming in from overseas, arriving back into Australia, going into quarantine, and that was the source of most of the virus in the community. That was the source of the most of the case numbers. Now it's actually community spread. It's people giving the virus to each other in the community. They're people who live in Victoria or live in Australia, and they're actually spreading the virus from person to person. And so again, based on how masks work, they're far more effective when you've got high levels of community spread. It sort of strikes me as well, what you described about um, these microscopic droplets that are the carriers for the virus in a way, they are so invisible. And so in some ways, the threat of the virus seems invisible, but the physical or visual impact of the mask is like a reminder 
that this is something that we're living with? Is there something about the behaviour change of that that is important as well? Oh, absolutely. The mask is also a physical reminder that we're all in this together, that we're all taking precautions and, you know, it's going to give a much needed sense of solidarity to be out in the community um, doing one of those four things when they do need to because they'll know that everyone is taking precautions that are going to dramatically reduce the chances of any virus that is in the community spreading on to new hosts. And are all masks created equal in this current circumstance or are there some that are more useful and are more effective than others? Yeah, so this is probably the most important question and the answer is no, they're not all created equal. So I would split masks into four groups and then there's one caveat. So the first mask type is the N95 mask, that mask that we've seen for a long time. It's sort of the almost quintessential COVID-19 mask. They're very expensive. They're very sophisticated. They need to be well-fitted to be able to be used properly. They need quite a bit of training in the person to understand how to use them. You need to have no facial hair. You need to have a proper seal. They're actually quite difficult to use. And that's why they've predominantly and and across the whole uh, coronavirus pandemic, we've been really urging the public to not use N95 masks because they can often actually cause more harm than good if they're not used properly. Mm. You can end up touching your face constantly, changing them, moving around. But also this type of mask is critical for frontline workers where they're in an environment where there's likely to be a high amount of virus in that environment. So these are not really the ones that you would be using or should be using. The second one is then the single-use surgical mask, those blue and white masks. These are perfectly fine. They're much cheaper, but they're still 50 or or $100 a box. You need to make sure that you don't put them on back to front or inside out. I've seen people doing both. So just make sure you look at the actual packaging. You need to make sure that they're tight, that they cover your mouth and nose. The only issue with those are that they're expensive and there's a lot of waste involved. You can only use them once. The third option is then a reusable fabric mask. And this is the one that I would recommend most people use. Check out the Department of Health's website. They've got a really fantastic PDF that actually explains simply how to make them yourself. It needs to have three layers. The three layers need to be uh, slightly different materials, but it's not a difficult thing to construct. You need to make sure, again, it covers your mouth and nose. It needs to be fitted properly. You need to wash your hands before and after you put the mask on, the same as all masks. And it's important to remember also, treat your mask like you do your underwear. You wear it once, at the most for one day. You don't leave it lying around in the, in the family room or on the kitchen bench. You wash your hands after you've taken it off and after you've put it on. And you're just conscious you know, that this is something that you're taking out into the environment and that it is acting as a filter for any pathogens in the environment. So treat it carefully. And as for washing reusable masks, what is the best way to do that? Sure. So you can pop them in your normal clothes washing machine. Uh, You want to put it on a cycle as warm as possible. Your manufacturer or the person that you bought the mask from will be able to tell you how hot the temperature can go, but the hotter the better just to clean the mask properly. Use normal washing detergent and then make sure that you left the mask dry properly before you use it again. And if possible, dry it in the sun. UV is a great antiviral. Is hand washing okay or does it have to be a washing machine? Yeah, sorry, absolutely. You can also hand wash it. Just use hot water and your normal fabric detergent. 
And the fourth type of face mask is, well, actually not a face mask at all. It's a face covering. Things like a bandana or a scarf, something that basically just covers your mouth and nose. Masks are still in high demand and short supply at the moment. That will ease over the next few weeks. Many of you may have ordered a mask and it's coming in the mail. In the meantime, any face covering is better than no face covering. So cover your mouth and nose in a bandana or in a scarf. And finally, whichever mask you use, it doesn't mean that you don't have to follow all of the other recommendations. And what about masks with little ventilation valves? Yeah, so masks with valves, I've seen a few people wearing them. They're not recommended. Primarily, this is because how that mask works is that it filters everything coming into you, but then it kind of jets the air out of a little valve when you breathe out. Now, if you go back to why we're wearing this mask, one of the big reasons is actually to protect other people from your micro droplets. So if you've got this little vent, which is hurtling your exhaled air out of a tiny little valve, it could actually end up just creating a a strong current of, Mm. you know, the very thing we're trying to reduce. So steer clear of any masks with vents or valves and look to either a single-use surgical mask, a multi-use fabric mask, which is the one I would use and recommend. And if you can't find one of those, find a bandana or a scarf because anything's better than nothing. And how should you take care of it? How do you put it on, take it off? When you're going to put on your mask, you need to make sure that you wash your hands beforehand, either with alcohol wash or with soap and water. Then you'll take the clean mask with the elastic or it might be with string, tie it around your ears or around the back of your neck, get a nice tight fit so that it's actually sitting above your nose and below your chin and there's no movement even when you open or close your mouth. Make sure that if you're using a surgical mask, it's not inside out or back to front. If you're wearing a fabric mask, that the outer layers are on the outside. And then just make sure that it's comfortable on your face. Once it's comfortable and you put your glasses back on or whatever else you need to do, then wash your hands once more and you're ready to leave for the day. And Sandra, you wear glasses. I wear glasses. (laughs) I do. And we both experience the old fogged glasses trick that's been happening with masks. What's the best way to avoid that? Look, I've heard a lot of different tips and I'm not sure any of them work 100%. But what I found works is if you wash your glasses with liquid detergent in the kitchen sink and let them dry, drip dry, that seems to decrease the fogging up. Also make sure that the mask itself is nice and fitted. So you might just tighten the mask at the back. I have also heard a couple of reports of people with reusable masks, threading a a thin piece of wire through a seam that goes across your nose of that reusable cloth mask. And that actually would make a lot of sense because what it will do is it will fit the mask really snugly around the contour of your nose and reduce any warm, humid air going up into your glasses, which, which is what causes the fogginess. What about kids? Should they be wearing masks as well? Okay, so children under two should not be wearing a mask. So any infants or very young children should not be wearing a mask or any face covering whatsoever. Children aged between 2 and 12 can wear a face mask, but in Victoria, for example, where we're based, it's not mandatory. That really is based on parents and whether they feel comfortable with and confident with their kids. 
Over the age of 12, it's perfectly safe, and we would think that most kids can use a mask responsibly. Here in the state of Victoria, it's mandatory for kids over 12 to be wearing a mask. And what about masks while exercising? I know that here in Melbourne, we don't have to wear a mask if exercising strenuously, like running or cycling, but is it safe to do so if we wanted to? Yeah, so there's been a lot of confusion about whether masks are safe to wear when you run or do strenuous exercise. They are perfectly safe. Yes, you are breathing out a slightly higher level of carbon dioxide in the air that you're breathing, but it's not going to affect your blood oxygen. It's not going to affect your physiology. It's perfectly safe. I run with a mask on every single day. It's slightly annoying at first and it takes some getting used to and it may make you feel a little bit anxious and you may interpret that as it affecting your body. But physiologically and as a doctor, it's perfectly safe to run or do strenuous exercise with a mask. It will just take some time to get used to. Has that got anything to do with like level of fitness? Because I definitely attempted a run the other day with a mask on and I was like, oh my goodness, so hard to breathe. And so I took it with me because I knew that eventually I would have to walk because I wasn't going to be able to keep running the whole way. Yeah. So when you are going for a run and you're breathing in through a mask, it requires slightly more effort in your lung and your chest muscles to breathe the air in through the mask. I mean, it will feel as though you're exerting yourself slightly more, but it's not unsafe in any way and it's not going to affect your blood oxygen. It might just mean that the first one or two runs while you're getting used to it, you have to do them a bit slower. Okay. And what about our friends with facial hair? How did they find a mask to to kind of deal with that? Well, again, it's why you're wearing the mask. So what we're trying to do is really reduce the spread of our droplets onto others. So as long as you can get a good fit of the face mask around your face, even over a beard or facial hair, then that's perfectly fine. And if you need to have a couple of layers or use a slightly larger mask or think about fitting it slightly tighter, you know, tying it slightly tighter at the back to get a good fit. And for anybody who have, say, medical conditions which make it hard to breathe, like asthma or emphysema, what should they do? Yeah, this is a really good question and it actually comes up a lot. For those people with asthma or existing lung or heart conditions, I would just say have a chat with your doctor. You'll have specific medications that you're on. You'll have an asthma action plan you may need to update. So your doctor and you will know best. Have a chat with them and get a plan that's specific for you. So what are the most important takeaways then for people who are looking at using masks? What's really important to understand is that masks are going to be a really critical part of controlling the virus and protecting our our community. So if you can't find any masks, anything is better than nothing. Grab yourself a bandana or a scarf and use that in the meantime. If you're looking for a mask online, try and make sure that it is three-layer cloth mask and you buy a couple of them. You need to have at least two, preferably three, so that you can wash them in between use. Finally, really important, even with a mask on, it doesn't mean you've got a passport to forget all of the other recommendations. So make sure you maintain distance, wash your hands, remain at home as much as you can. And of course, if you're unwell, seek testing and seek medical care. Okay, that's it. We promise that this is the last <laughs> time you'll be hearing from us at least. No comeback to it, don't we? Uh, who knows? There Channel could be a series Johnny three. Farnham. Could be a series <laughs> three. But this is the final, final episode yeah. of the coronavirus series of In Good Health. Stay safe. Mask up. Mask up, Melbourne! 